Good day and welcome back to the Half-Baked Podcast where I have no idea what I'm even going to say. I am a week deep into a cold. I'm feeling pretty good, but um, it's still hanging on for sure. And all I really know at this point is that I want to talk about hatred. And I'm actually so excited about this. It feels so delicious to me. And that in itself is delicious because I didn't expect that at all. So I'm going to start with how this idea came to me. And it was yesterday or the day before when I was doing my journaling practice. (coughs) I keep coming back to the same topic and I can feel this like emotional blockage. I can't get past this thing despite all the, um, I don't know, hopeful or um, strong narratives I've tried to formulate about it or to get past it or whatever. I just, it keeps coming back. I I might deal with it temporarily, but it keeps coming back. It's a, yeah, it's a thing for me right now, but, and there was no forethought to it. It was just, I, I just remember eventually getting to the point where I just wrote down, I fucking hate you. I fucking hate this. I fucking hate the way you make me feel. I fucking hate your worldview. I fucking hate how you impose it on me. And just a page of different I fucking hate statements. I do not believe that I have finished this this uh, situation, like internal situation, is not resolved at this point, for sure. But... I feel like I reached a new point or I don't know. I, I It was a checkpoint in a way. And, but I don't think it's even just about this specific situation. I think it's just the owning that. It, it was funny. It wasn't until I said that and realized like no harm was done. I felt that hatred. It didn't make me not love this person. It didn't make me want to like be vengeful it didn't cause anyone any harm it was literally just me owning my intense feelings and I felt so invigorated after the fact and yeah I was thinking back to like all the messages you receive especially as a kid growing up this idea of like oh (laughs) like how many times have you heard hate's a strong word oh you don't mean that you don't mean that hate's a strong word let's use other words what's another word that we can use first off I don't want to use another word because secondly yes I do fucking mean it I truly do feel fucking hatred for this right now and once I admitted that it was just so yummy I was just making space for my feelings and it felt awesome so I guess I just want to talk about this idea of why are we so afraid of the feeling of hatred and again coming back to shame why do we try and shame people out of that I'm just curious, is there like this belief that like hatred automatically leads to exclusion or harm or something? I don't really know. Like, because I can see as a child, right, if you have a kid saying that, you know, intervening in a sense so that they can know like, hey, that is a big word and you can really hurt people's feelings by saying that to them you know, and the consequences of that and wanting to avoid some of those consequences. But 
I don't know. I just, I really don't know what I have to say about this because I, I didn't even take any notes for this podcast. So this is like, I say this all the time, but it's truly a half-baked idea. I just, I would love to really unleash on that idea that you can you can have the feeling of hatred without causing harm. That this feeling of hatred is a feeling in itself. It's a valid feeling. It's a strong feeling. It, it has value. Your feeling of hatred has value to you. And there's something beautiful in that. You can utilize that. But you don't have to utilize it to harmful ends. That doesn't mean that you... Like here, here's the thing with shame that like I feel like it comes to the point where when you do feel hatred, you end up shaming yourself because you feel like you're a bad person because you felt hatred. Do you have anything to say about this, Henry? <laughs> if you're gonna, hey, hey, you can either take part or you have to leave the room. Okay? Okay, 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 okay. Love you. Bye. Bye. Is that not potentially more harmful? That when you feel hatred, and I mean, I, I want other people to speak up here and let me know what their experience has been with this because I have definitely never, at least in my recollection, can recall in my life where there was someone who told me, no, there's a time and place to feel hatred or everyone feels hatred. It's okay to feel hatred. I just felt like it, what was implied by people's disowning of the emotion or uh, teaching you to disown this emotion was it's not appropriate. We don't want to hear about it. We don't want to talk about it. Like that's, it's a scary feeling, which makes me wonder, like, how do people feel about their own hatred? Is it too powerful that they have to disown it because they're worried that they'll do bad things? Have they found that hatred in their lives has led them to like, I don't know, just ugly emotions and ugly desires? I'm curious because I think, in my experience anyway, that the more I felt hatred and I wasn't allowed to feel it or I had nowhere to put it, um, that's when I was more likely to start, it's like the emotion twisted into something darker. Like, rather than just, hey, I feel hatred and that's valid, it became, no, no, I don't feel hatred. I don't know, it it would twist from an emotion that will pass that's okay to have into, um, I don't know. It's like, I would try to validate it in a different way in some like cloaked way. So it's like you end up maybe acting passive aggressively because it's more mature or it's more digestible or it's more subtle or it's more socially acceptable or something. I don't know. And that's when I feel like the the need for revenge and um, the disdain you feel for someone that's like bubbling under the surface and judgments you make on someone and ways that you uh, think they lack character or so on. Like there doesn't have to be anything wrong with a person to feel hatred toward them. They can be an amazing person and you can still feel Hatred, because just like any other emotion, hatred is temporary as well. And it was amazing to me how acknowledging that, and even beyond acknowledging, I feel hatred right now, it was, this hatred is mine. It's not for anyone else. It's not for me to take out on anyone. It's not a way of validating 
you know, disdain or something I feel toward this person. And then the hatred is telling me like, yeah, they deserve it. Take this from them. Insult them. Put them down. <laughs> Not at all. Hatred was something in its own right. Like it doesn't, at least the hatred I felt, it like, yeah, it didn't lead me anywhere except, I don't know, deeper into myself. And I definitely don't want that to undercut me. Like, I feel like this is just another avenue now that which I can access myself. Like, I no longer, it's another emotion I don't have to be ashamed of and that I can address because I feel like what what I said in my journal could so, I don't know, I'm trying to think of just like a, a maybe a public perception of hatred or of the statements that I made and being how it's cruel and unusual or harmful and petty and what else could it be? Um, aggressive. <laughs> and maybe that's the thing. Maybe it's the aggression behind it. And aggression freaks people out. They People are scared of aggression. It's interesting, too, when you think about, like, people who've been through trauma, right? Who exposed to people who yell and scream or, right? And they feel unsafe in physical spaces where people have confrontations or get aggressive. They do not feel safe. Is that kind of where it comes from? Is this deep feeling of like, it's not safe, it's not safe. We can't go down that road. But I think that, again, teaches you to kind of be scared of yourself and your own emotions. And like, it, I remember reading a book and it talked about how, how an adult responds to a child. It can make a child doubt themselves. Like it can make them feel like they're a monster or there's a monster inside of them when something they do or say or feel shocks and disgusts an adult, right? There must be something wrong with them. And like that itself is not the point of the book, but it was mentioned in the book. And I think that applies to adults as well, that you can be taught, like even not in words or even consciously, but it can be inferred that like, oh man, there's something wrong with me. I'm monstrous by having hatred. I am cruel. It's it's punishment. It's ego. It's a way of like building yourself up. Like what is the one of the Seven Deadly Sins, there's wrath. And I think wrath is a love of justice perverted. Maybe it was just that, like a perverted sense of justice, like a love of justice that's perverted so that like you believe it's up to you to enact this justice on other people. So could we maybe identify how we conflate the two ideas and maybe that they're separate, that wrath and hatred are not one in the same, that you can feel hatred for a thing without enacting your own sense of justice on whoever or whatever it might be. Because I think that's obvious. I think that's very obvious. And I think when put into words, people would might be like, yeah, of course it's true. But it might be useful to look into like how it feels because you might know it intellectually, but emotionally it might not be the same. So I think it can be useful to use your intellect to inform your emotions, you know, and that works both ways, right? Your emotions can influence and inform your intellect as well. But yeah, so just always coming back down to this idea that hatred is scary or hatred is wrong or hatred makes you a bad person or hatred doesn't have a place. Hatred so has a place. It is so okay to feel hatred. And not just for other people or other things, but like who in their lives hasn't felt hatred for themselves? And when you have felt hatred for yourself, how has that made you feel in your life? Has it made you feel that you are alone, that you have no place to turn to, that you are undeserving of help, that I'm trying to think of times that I felt hatred to myself, that I deserve, oh, okay, that I deserve 
pain and suffering. I deserve to be deprived of things. Mm, that's interesting, though, because hatred be like, I would be the hated in that sense. And that hatred is telling me. That's funny, because I feel like when I feel hatred toward other people, I don't want to cause them harm. That's interesting. But maybe that's the, the key to that is when I feel hatred to myself, right? Not if, but when I feel hatred toward myself, the key is to allow myself to hate myself. And that might actually be safer because when I feel hatred for myself, but then I hate myself for hating myself or something, maybe it's that perversion. It's that messiness. It's that ickiness that makes me then feel like, how dare you feel hatred? You deserve pain if you're someone who hates people. Only bad people hate people. And I don't know, hatred can be built up into this like really scary, inaccessible thing or just something that should be inaccessible. You should not want to access hatred. But that's not the point. The point isn't to go after hatred or to seek it out. It's just to acknowledge it when it's there. And I wonder if that's dangerous for me to be speaking out like this and what other people might think about that. Because, again, I'd love to hear from people. And if you think that is dangerous, because in my experience, it is not. Acknowledging my hatred feels empowering, but it's not because it's like this, this wrath that I am powerful and this person is my subject. Like, it's nothing twisted like that. It's just like feeling the emotion in its raw form. And why? Like, have your boundaries been crossed? Is that why you feel hatred towards something? Do you feel that there is no way out and you feel trapped? And despite maybe your trials, you can't get past it. Is it a misplaced feeling on this person? Maybe it's easier to feel hatred pushed out onto this external thing than having nowhere to put it, this frustration and loss, that it's no one's fault. You can't put it anywhere. So you have to force that emotion somewhere. Like you need to give it some sort of outlet and it's easier to put it on some other person. Because I mean, obviously that's possible. And I think probable, I think that happens probably a lot with everyone. But I do, still don't think that detracts from this idea of hatred in its own right. And that you don't have to hate yourself for feeling hatred. You don't have to feel like you're a bad person or that you're dangerous for feeling hatred or that you don't deserve forgiveness. Like, I, that rings true to me, this feeling of, like, everyone deserves forgiveness and Jesus loves all kind of thing. But it's like you are sinning deeply by feeling hatred towards something. And therefore, you are no longer redeemable. Mm. I do like that. That's something about that resonates. This idea of hatred and irredeemability. You are no longer redeemable if you feel hatred, if you embrace hatred. Right? It doesn't matter what you do with that hatred or why you feel that hatred or how it might or might not be valid or whatever. Hatred itself is like a scarlet letter and you are now irredeemable. You have to water down your emotions and acknowledge or <laughs> and maybe it's about not acknowledging those feelings. And instead, you have to make it more palatable even to yourself. You can't even face your own hatred. You have to make it palatable to yourself like it's um, and maybe hatred does mask other things. But I don't think that always has to be the case. I think a lot of times we take hatred and we dilute it into different ways to make it so that we're not as scared of ourselves or that maybe we can reach out for help or insight Maybe we can vent to people, maybe we can ask for help, and they'll be more willing to help us if we don't come at it with hatred. 
But that too, I think there's a difference. Like if you are feeling hatred and you feel lost or trapped by something, I don't see why you can't reach out to someone for help and express this, even to acknowledge, like, I feel hatred for this person or this situation or whatever right now. And that that shouldn't deprive you of help, right? It's not you saying like, oh, um, pushing under the hatred. No, it's not hatred. It's um, this person acted like this, huh? And that's not okay. And I think that they deserve this or I'm going to withdraw that kind of thing. And you're, you're reformulating it into more accessible things, like things people that things that people won't be scared off of. So they're more likely to give you help, which is kind of manipulative rather than like having a safe space to just like say, talk to a close friend and be like, I feel rage. I feel so much hatred for them. I can't fucking believe they would do this or talk like this or that I would allow myself to be treated like this. And I just am raging. So I guess I want to ask, do you have a safe space that you could go to and own that? without people getting freaked out or wanting to shut you down because they can't handle it? Are you a safe space for other people who are feeling an intense emotion such as hatred? What is your opinion on hatred? What do you think is inherent in the emotion or an expression of hatred? Am I a safe space for people to come if they feel hatred? I don't think there's a clear answer. I think it really depends on context, right? Like what it's about, how the person is expressing, because they can express anger and disdain and they can be really fucking raging at someone and depending on how they're, because I have heard people who when they feel hatred, they're not just expressing, I feel hatred. I fucking hate this person. It's this person's a piece of shit. They're garbage. They don't deserve anything good. I feel like I should just go do this and take this because they don't even deserve it. So I guess that's a good thing to mention. I don't think that that... I would like to separate the the idea, the emotion or the experience of feeling hatred. I would love to separate that from the perverted aspect of that. And when and where does it become perverted? Again, I come back to the... It becomes perverted because you're disallowed from feeling that hatred. Because it's a mark against your morality if you feel hatred if you acknowledge hatred the perversion where does the perversion come in i i just keep coming back to me like that's that's my idea i'm sure there's so many and i i would love to hear from you about what your ideas are about that because i keep coming back to that that so maybe that's just applies to me in my personal situation is that hatred for me becomes perverted when i feel that i have to hide it or subdue it or cloak it as something else for it to be valid but then maybe that comes down to like the external validation aspect as well that i can't I want external validation for this feeling, especially when it's so intense and I feel it's inappropriate and I can't give myself the permission when really it's like, no, you should just have to give yourself the permission. And I did that in my journal this yesterday. I believe it was yesterday. And I feel that nothing but good has come from that, right? My journal is my safe space. I can just be myself in the most shallow or egotistical or sad and pathetic or angry or optimistic. I can be all of myself on the pages. And so I was allowed to show up and then you witness yourself. You have the process of feeling your emotions and then putting them down. And then you also have the experience of like, I don't know, the catharsis of it. So afterward, just being able to take a deep breath 
Because it's like, you admitted it. You didn't have to twist it into anything else. You literally just admitted that you feel hatred and rage for this thing. And I feel good now. I don't have to prove it to anyone. I don't have to hide it from myself. I felt it and it was beautiful. And I know that, that that's mine. Um, and that's why journaling is so beautiful. I really love the space that it gives me. But maybe there are instances where it is a good thing to be afraid of your hatred or someone's hatred. And I think practically that is true because is it necessary? I don't think so, but I do think a lot of people's hatred is glued to a lot of um, processes and other emotions and behaviors that are not rooted in hatred. Yeah. I would love to be able to unravel that. Like what sort of practices come up for you when you feel hatred? Do you explain it away? Do you make it about different things? So it's like you're giving yourself other avenues of expressing or um, processing or releasing this hatred. I, but for me, that that wouldn't work. If I want to separate it into, it's like, well, I'm jealous because of this and I feel left out because of this and I feel... I don't know. I don't want to think anymore right now. But, you know, whatever. That it, It'll never do the same thing because I feel like it's not dealing with the, the root. If I can take what feels like hatred without acknowledging it and then I try and, you know, spread it down different avenues, bits of it might get expressed. But, you know, my feelings of whatever it might be, it... I, I don't know. They're just... I feel like maybe you could end up creating problems that way. If you're like, oh, well, I don't feel hatred because I'm not a bad person. I feel that this was unfair. I feel that no one's listening to me. I feel that they've stolen something from me. I think that I deserve it more or whatever. Like it can be useful, obviously, to acknowledge, like, why do I feel hatred for this thing? And these things can be results of that for sure. But by not facing the hatred and just always like putting the weight of that hatred on all these other things, I feel like you end up, I, I can imagine that you would come to rely on these different smaller quote unquote problems. I don't know, you, you'd become to rely on them to carry the weight of your hatred, but they can't. But then it's like you're perverting those emotions and those expressions as well because you are expecting them to be able to be accountable for such a bigger emotion. And then maybe you, you'll start building these narratives of why you feel like this and what happened, what was leading up to this and what's the consequence. And you can put so much into these, these narratives that you've actually created to alleviate yourself, like alleviate the pain of the hatred. But then the hatred never gets dealt with. And then you create these other narratives and new problems based on these other things that you were more comfortable acknowledging that you had a problem in or something. So I really like to pose this idea of not just making an exception for your hatred, you know, just cracking open the door and just trying it. I like this idea of embracing your hatred. And when I say hatred, I mean the emotion. I do not mean actions. I don't think hatred is actions. Hatred, you can take actions that you have justified due to your hatred, for sure. That's not what I'm encouraging or suggesting here at all. Just that the emotion in itself, to sit there and allow yourself to feel hatred. Just try it out, because I feel like 
have there been many times in my life where I've actually ever just let myself, besides yesterday, where I just let myself sit there and actually just like fucking rage and just hate something? Because most of the time I feel that in my life when I've felt that hatred, yeah, there you go. I make it their problem or whatever, the situation's problem or the institution's problem or whatever it is. It's all about them. It's not me. And I am a victim of this situation that they've caused or something. When really I'm just a victim of my own emotion and I'm a victim of my inability to self-reflect and own my own emotion. So for me yesterday in my journal, owning the hatred, that was revolutionary for me. And I feel less scared of myself and less scared of the situation. And I know it'll come back. The situation's not over. I'm not through it. I know that it'll come back in waves still. But I definitely, I feel like I learned something in that process. And that was not just for this process itself. Because as I said, this, this particular situation or this emotional process for me is not over. I'm still coming through it. And I think I will for a long time, honestly. But um, it helps me see that in other situations, I can do the same fucking thing. And how freeing that was that there was no shame attached there. I was literally just able to sit here alone in my house. And I didn't even just write it down at first. At first, I spoke it. So the fact that I could feel that anger and I, I was being aggressive, but I wasn't aiming it at anyone because no one deserves it. These are my feelings. It's really not about anyone and no one else is responsible for them um, and no one's at fault for them. So that even felt more beautiful that it wasn't, again, hatred perverted into something else. It was literally just me accepting it, right? Facing that fear of being like, what does this say about me? And then as soon as you acknowledge it, realizing in a safe space, of course, realizing that it doesn't mean anything about me. I'm human. I feel it just like I feel joy and love and desire and sadness and whatever else. That hatred is perfectly valid and hatred, the emotion is perfectly okay and that you don't have to be shamed out of it and that you need to create a safe container for yourself to be able to feel those feelings. And I don't feel like I'm getting across quite how revolutionary that felt yesterday. But I've been talking about it for like a half an hour. So even though I know I'm rambly, I really hope that um, the time I've spent talking about this has gotten the point across that it was revolutionary. I felt so at ease. It didn't get stronger. We're like rage. Rage, in my experience, is perverted. Rage builds and builds and builds and there's no escape. It's such a heavy weight. And I could probably really um, examine my relationship with rage for sure. But hatred wasn't the same thing. I feel like rage gets out of hand. It's like the emotion of rage convinces you more and more and more that you have to give into it more and more and more. It needs more. It needs more power. And you're better off for it. And you're stronger. It's such a weird thing. And you're just like blindsided by it. But I don't feel like that about hatred. To me, they're like two very different expressions. Because hatred hatred and anger, are they one and the same? Hatred, feeling hatred towards something, it's a strong word, it's a strong feeling. But can you feel hatred for something and not be angry? I think so. Is it a mixture of different emotions, including anger? Sure. Hatred and anger. Can you really separate the two? Maybe if you dive deep enough, no. 
But I feel like at face value, you can accept hatred that you feel and you can be in a sad place. You can feel sad. You can feel grief and loss. Can you feel what different brands of hatred are there? I'm trying to like imagine just being really, really sad and feeling hatred. But when I think about getting really sad, I don't feel like I have the capacity to experience it because I'm seeing hatred as anger and anger takes a lot of energy. And when I'm sad, I don't have the energy. Okay, so let's just run with hatred and anger being related. Like anger is the emotion of hatred or something. Hmm. I feel like a lot of times when anger is there or anger becomes rage, it's searching for an outlet. It's searching for an outlet. It's searching for an outlet and no outlet is ever enough. You need more and more and more. And that's where I think that hatred gets perverted is when it turns into rage, right? And you're trying to filter it through all these different avenues and nothing, nothing satisfies it. But I feel like the way that I nipped that in the bud was literally just bearing witness to the hatred and accepting it, like seeing the hatred and being like, fuck yeah. That's powerful. That's so valid. Like you have every fucking right. And that's really where that, that acknowledgement of the hatred came to me was because it's like, you have every fucking right to feel like that. You are fed up and that's okay. You feel hatred and this hatred has gotten so strong because of the amount of time that you've spent fighting against this thing or trying to find your way out of it, right? But it, and I also feel like it was in the acknowledging of that hatred that I suddenly no longer felt the need to pass it off onto other things or to other people because it was so mine, so gloriously mine. And it felt really beautiful. It felt really freeing that I could claim that hatred as my own because it no longer encompassed me. It's like I can be me and I can feel hatred and I can still have room for all these other emotions completely. But I needed to acknowledge that, that that hatred was at the table too. Even if it's not the one standing, if it's not the one talking, like it's still at the table and it deserves a place at the table. And I think maybe that's coming back down to like being a kid and you know, that's a strong word. What's another word we can use for it? I felt that that's backfired in my life. And if I could just claim the hatred as itself, it stops there. When it feels seen and witnessed and heard and it can stand up and give its speech, it's okay. And I felt definitely triggered in my life by people's response and them clenching when it came to anger, confrontation, aggression. That's what I feel like. Because I feel like my hatred is disallowed. No one wants to see it or accept it. It's not appropriate. And that makes my hatred rage. It just makes it rage. And that's not to say that people's resistance to aggression isn't valid because it absolutely is. And the line that I go down a lot in my life when I see people, you know, clench when it comes to anything remotely like aggression, it makes me think like, what abuse have people gone through? Why are people so afraid of anything remotely resembling aggression? And again, where does that cross the line? Where is something confronting and honoring your emotions and not hiding or masking them without being aggressive? Like at what point does it become aggressive? Because if I'm looking at how I've inferred things from other people around me, they're the same thing. Aggression to me is the point that the confrontation becomes physical. Like if someone becomes domineering, if someone is 
raising their voice, but I feel like there's different ways. Like you can be talking and you can sound in control and you can still raise your voice to be heard over other people, but you can still be in control of yourself. And there's a difference. And I'm not quite sure that I have the words for that. Like at what point do people raise their voices and they are no longer in control? I feel like you can tell in the moment, but really it depends on your own trauma response because depending, someone can totally be in control and just be trying to be heard over something without, you know, their speech speeding up without like, because here's the thing too, I'm imagining curse words, like swear words. When people swear, there's a difference between saying like, I don't know, I think like how I say fuck in the podcast most of the time. And when someone is saying it at you and it's, I feel like it's the same thing. It's the tone when someone is getting aggressive, you can raise your voice and talk louder. It's when it starts sounding like they're swearing at you in all the words that they use that it becomes aggression. So tone, the volume of your voice when someone starts domineering over you, right? There's so many ways it can come across, but yeah, I feel like most of the time in my life when I, what I've inferred from people around me is that it doesn't have to be any of those things. And maybe I'm just not very self-aware when I'm in person. Like I don't realize quite how aggressive I am getting. Like maybe I would benefit from like being recorded at times and like shown, <laughs> like, do you hear the volume of your own voice? Because I know that I take people by surprise a lot in life when I talk and I just, I don't think I have very good volume control. So yeah, that's, that's the work I got to do. But say, say it's even a situation though, that it's not me being the aggressor. Does that even make sense? Me being the aggressor. I also find that it's even when you're, you're willing to have a confrontation, it feels aggressive to people. I, that's something I've inferred, inferred a lot in my life is that even when you're willing to talk about something that is aggressive. When you won't be passive aggressive, because I feel like passive aggressive is quite often more preferable by people because who doesn't and who isn't passive aggressive at times. So people can recognize the signs. It's a way of communicating that might feel safer to you, that feels more subtle. You're inferring things to other people. And because so many people, I want to say everyone can be passive aggressive. You can recognize the signs so you can have a good idea of what they're trying to get across to you. And it feels less aggressive, right? It's passive aggressive. Personally, I find that worse. I hate it. I find passive aggressiveness really disrespectful, but I think it, it, it's a safer way for a lot of people to communicate. Passive aggressiveness is another way for people to feel safer in hatred or whatever it is that they're feeling. It's another way to dilute the intensity of that emotion or that experience into numerous avenues in hopes that it will still be relieved and it can still be satisfied without having to take the face of this thing we've been taught to disown. I'm starting to really spiral away from my original intent, I feel like, but... See, I guess maybe this is the point in the podcast where it's like I'm starting to have not just established the topic I'm trying to talk about, but I'm starting to now want to like open discussion. But my own thoughts and my own words are just rebounding back to me like there is no discussion here. Um, <clears throat> so I'm going to start closing up this podcast here, but maybe I'll post some questions and hopefully you guys will come back at me with your own half-baked thoughts about the topic. So I think I've already mentioned this probably pretty clearly in the podcast, but I think it's useful to examine, will the emotion that you express be so aggressive? Will it feel so wild if you can claim and understand that beforehand? 
if you give yourself the space to say, claim that hatred, acknowledge it, own it. And I want to say revel in it, right? That's not reveling in harm or yeah, reveling in it does not mean pushing it in people's faces. It's nothing external. Reveling in it is I don't even feel like it's an action at all. It is totally passive. When you revel in it, you let yourself feel that hatred or whatever it is, and you just sit in it and you feel its dimensions and you feel how it ripples through you. And you, you know, you can pick up on the thoughts that bubble to the surface through it. And that gives you an answer to yourself and what you've experienced in your own boundaries and, you know, when and how and why you feel hurt. But isn't that funny? Like we're often disallowed from even acknowledging it in the privacy of our own heads. And that's just so fucked up to me. I know I've mentioned that before. I think it's so fucked up. I think it's so important that we are able to really, really bring a distinction between like what is aggression and what isn't aggression in communication because it disallows communication when any confrontation, anything direct is seen as aggressive. And I keep coming back to how common that is. I know this is generalizing real hard, but I feel like everyone that I've ever met in my life sees confrontation as aggressive. And it makes me think of how pervasive abuse or bad communication or bad communication skills are. And that too, even like you want to think about big abuse, but it's interesting to think about small abuses as well, or like socially acceptable abuse and how much of communication is actually abusive in some way or another. You know, like how can you find a path forward through your emotions, through your self-expression and through communication, you know, without these things acknowledged and differentiated? I don't know. Can you have hatred without aggression? I'm thinking no. So what about the expression of hatred? I think you can withhold, not withhold, like you can express hatred without being aggressive or combative. Mm-hmm. If you can acknowledge the hatred firsthand. Like I don't think, it, say yesterday with my journal, I can't say that my hatred wasn't aggressive and that it wasn't combative. It absolutely was, but I was giving it in a safe space, right? Like I was being um, respectful and that I wasn't imposing it on anyone else. And I wasn't even imposing pain on me for feeling hatred. But there was definitely, definitely aggression in it. But the aggression was also safe. And I feel like because the aggression found a place where it could lay, it didn't have to fight. My conclusion at this point for my own self is that you have to face hatred to define the parameters of that hatred. Like, what is hatred to you? When is it safe? And where do you draw the line around that hatred? Like, redefining hatred to you could be beneficial. Because if you want to say that hatred is spite, or that hatred is an action, a harmful action, again, that's kind of a dead stop. Like, that ends any expression, any curiosity, exploration, or potential communication that like, because hatred is strong for a reason. You know what I mean? Like it has many intense emotions and expectations and grief and just so much in it that disallowing or shaming hatred, I feel like I don't know, if you really want to take the perspective, it is counterintuitive. Like, it's interesting, like, you would think that embracing hatred is counterintuitive, but really, again, it depends on the definition that you're using, right? Because to me, if you're looking at hatred, is it's such a rich, rich feeling. It says so much, it means so much, and there's so, there's so much to explore 
and hatred is inevitable in your life. You will feel hatred and it's so rich and to face it could be so beautiful and to turn away from that, right? It's like this beautifully, beautiful gift, like in any ways that you, you could want a gift, like if something is exactly what you wanted or beautifully wrapped in the texture or the scent of it. Like, it's just this beautiful, beautifully rich thing gifted to you. And then to disown it or to turn away from it in shame, it's just so crazy to me when you see hatred as a feeling. Like, I, you got to allow yourself the space to freely and safely explore Hatred, because it is inevitable in your life. And I think hatred can be a really beautiful thing. There's beautiful lessons and growth within it. And if you disown that, like, oh, just think of all the fucking opportunities that you have that are right fucking there, like, that are in your face, because hatred is strong, and they are right there. And you turn away from it? Like, that's crazy to me. And I say this, like, I've lived my whole life like this, and I can't believe other people. It's just because yesterday, in my journal, I allowed myself to own and, like, claim that hatred. And it was just so magnificent. Okay, I said I was going to close this podcast though, but so I think it would be useful to draw t- like tighter or maybe not tighter. You don't have to restrict. I mean, I think probably, but it doesn't necessarily mean you have to make your idea of hatred smaller. I just think you need to define the boundaries so they're thicker so you can, you won't mistake what is and is not hatred. So you'll know what is without that definition of hatred So you'll see what no longer applies to your concept of hatred. Like if your concept of hatred and your relationship with hatred is not beneficial to you, it's worth looking into, you know, your concept of hatred and your relationship with it should be a benefit to you. Because if it's not, what's the point of this agreement? What's the point of holding on to this agreement if it does nothing but take from you? That doesn't sound healthy to me. So by drawing tighter or firmer or thicker boundaries around the concept of hatred, all the, right, you'll see what is without that definition of hatred and what things no longer apply to hatred. And then you can develop new terminology to address those other things and better understand where you can safely go or where you want to go. Um, It also helps you feel comfortable in bearing witness to other people's hatred or it might actually make you feel better about facing other people's like confrontation from other people and perhaps not all aggression, but some aggression might be easier to face um, because you'll no longer see everything as the big bad hatred with a capital H or something. With these boundaries, you can also have a better idea of at what point or again, specific examples, whether it be the tone of their voice, the volume of their speech, their physical space, their body language, whatever it is, you will be able to identify more what signs are a hatred that is not healthy or beneficial and that you are not willing to bear witness to. And you can take that stand with confidence. You are not willing to engage in this conversation. This is not just communication. This is not just nervousness or a slight aggression. This is a no-go area for you. But I mean, if you can't look at hatred and the associated emotions or behaviors or actions you know that like that's the first step facing it is obviously the first step if you can't even bear to meet it in the eye you can't get anywhere but if you can meet it in the eye acknowledge its boundaries I think it's a benefit
that's all. I just think it's a benefit. So I feel like this, this uh, podcast really came back down to communication and how do we communicate better? And like, I'm really starting to find that so much of my life leads back to this. Like so much so that I don't know if I'm going to keep this in the podcast because it's kind of cringy, but maybe that's why I should keep it in the podcast. But the other day, I don't remember where it came from, but I called myself the communication queen. And it's not because I necessarily communicate more or better than other people or anything, but it's like, I'm all about communication. I fucking love communication. I want to communicate with myself. I want to communicate with my dog, my partner, my son. I want to communicate through writing painting, singing. I just, I love communication. I'm just all about the communication. I am the communication queen. That's what I, I came across in my head the other day. But, um, well, really to bring it back to the beginning, it's just that like, try owning your hatred. Give it a try. Cause that, it, I think it'll surprise you. I think it'll surprise you. The hatred is not what was so scary. It's the fear. It's the anticipation of something that is so fucking scary. It's interesting. Like it had to come spontaneously. I couldn't have planned that because if I had any sense, it got too close or too personal, like, and that's way before it actually takes words. I would have shunned it. I would have pushed it down. Like it had to come in that moment of like, you can be overstimulated in life and there's just, it comes to that crescendo. It had to be in that moment where it's like you either you're coming to that crescendo and you either, I'm imagining like Shrek when he's like yelling at everyone to get away from a swamp or whatever. You have that moment where you just fucking explode or you could have that moment where all of a sudden like your mentality just like shifts and it just kind of breaks, but maybe not breaks in the sense that you're broken, but like breaks in like you break through a barrier and rather than again, the rage, which builds and builds and builds on itself, it's a clarity. You find clarity in that moment. You can either feel the boundaries of that strength the strength of that emotion and then you can like almost um I'm imagining like a force field like push it out of yourself and push it on to other people or you can like let it implode which right we can obviously find better ways to really like talk about this analogy but I'm trying to talk about imploding as if it's like this is a positive thing that it it it's like something that breaks open side and it seeps through you and it's yours and you own it and rather than it being like this thing contained and the container itself is called hatred and that is an ugly color it's something we've been taught to believe is bad or ugly or dangerous or poisonous when it breaks open you find that it's just like a rainbow of colors and it's actually not as scary as you thought it was and that that fear and that anticipation and that horror and that disbelief and the disowning that all of it is so much yuckier than hatred itself that's all Adiós.